Hello, everyone. Welcome to Compass Teachers Show. I'm your host, Tiffany. My job is to interview teachers around the world and tease out their teaching tactics, education research, or tools they use. Hopefully, this show can offer some ideas for you to experiment in your classroom. Social media daily. How about your students or kids? It's hard to deny that social media is more and more ubiquitous. And today we have Jennifer Casata, who is specializing in social media in K to twelve context, to guide us about teaching kids to become not only a digital citizen but also a digital leader. Jennifer Casata is an award-winning educator, wife. Mom and a former literacy consultant for the York Catholic District School Board. She's also the author of the book Social Media, which gives out practical tips for moving students from digital citizenship to digital leadership. Jennifer is passionate about showing teachers and students how they can use technology and social media to make the world a better place. Now let's enjoy our conversation with amazing Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to our show. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. So, Jennifer, you have ample knowledge in social media in the K to twelve context. What is the story behind that made you to dedicate your energy in this area? Well, I. Had a sudden realization, and there were many things that happened at at that time in my life.、Um, the first of which being that at a job interview, my daughter was asked, "What social media are you on, and what will I learn about you if I go there?" And it really prompted me to think critically about the way in which I myself was using social media in the context of teaching and learning and connecting with others. But that I had spent very little time mentoring my own daughter、uh, around the use of social media, so that she could answer that question effectively. And then, by extension, I thought about the ways in which we constantly tell our students what not to do on social media, but I really didn't help equip them to answer that question either. And so I began to think about that、uh, a great deal. I、um, then met、uh, or got to know、uh, George Kuros a little bit better, and he was talking about the idea of digital leadership as using the vast reach of technology and social media to improve the lives and well-being and circumstances of others. And that really radically changed the way I started to look at things, and as a result,、um, it, it sort of forced me into the trajectory that I now find myself.、Um, so I was seeking out students who were using social media positively, and began to found, find so many of them, and recognized that there was always either a caring adult mentor or. Even sometimes a student mentor in their lives that allowed them to use social media differently, and so I continue to challenge the idea that social media doesn't have a place in education because it's so, as you just said, so ubiquitous 
um, for students in our world right now. For educators who have really negative impression on social media for kids, how do you、uh, think the educators should rethink social media in education? Well, certainly there are lots of negative aspects to social media. That's the absolute reality, right?、Um, but if we are going to educate our students to graduate with the still skills that they need to function in our world, to not use social media is doing our kids a great, great disservice.、Um, so, first of all, I think we need to understand that social media does play a role in our lives. We have to teach. Knowing that it does,、um, for me, I think it's about、uh, not just harping on what students can't do. I advocate for class social media accounts, and the power of a class social media account is that you could very much engage in digital citizenship. Lessons in context, but you could also model for students how to use social media positively, all while staying within the confines of our, of the law. Because as we know, that students under the age of thirteen shouldn't be on those platforms anyway, even though they are in great, great, great numbers, right?、Um, so I always talk to teachers about, you know, where is it that your students are primarily,、um, and what about creating a social media. Class account where students can participate in posting, but it, you could have those conversations about notifications or、um, blocking somebody, or you know, let's use our social media account to make a positive difference in someone's life today, right? So you could do all of that in context through a class social media account. That's right. So I really so Jennifer, you mentioned that by law, like. Kids cannot use social media、um, under thirteen. Is it in Canada or? That's mostly.、Um, I, I think it's a regulatory law in place. There are lots of、uh, like there's FERPA and COPA. These are、uh, regulatory、mm. uh, laws that talk about privacy of young people.、Um, but most social media accounts have thirteen. Not not as a magical number because suddenly when you're thirteen you'll know how to navigate it well.、Um, but just in terms of、uh, being able to regulate the the age of students who are on. On the platform, most of the big ones—your Snapchat, your、um, uh, uh, your Snapchat, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram—those all have thirteen as,、uh, and even TikTok、um, have thirteen as the age. Oh, yeah! I, I think when you register, when you sign up, they will ask you your date of birth, and then they will. See if they they will like let you register or not, right? Absolutely, and in my experience, students or kids lie about their age so they can get <laughs> these platforms, right?、Um, and right. so, even that conversation is really important. So you're not allowed to be on these platforms because we're not you're not 13. But I, as the teacher, will have a class account so that we're abiding by the law, but that you can learn how some of this is being used. And certainly, communication with parents around why might you have a social media account? You have these students who there's. 
there's an incredible chasm between students who use it well and who don't. There's an incredible chasm between parents who sort of model and, and stay involved in their students' social media accounts and those who don't. So we have this, this whole group, this whole generation of kids who really are playing in these spaces by themselves. Um, and, and I think that's a real concern. And, and some teachers might say, well, clearly there's no place. I mean, we have enough to do in teaching and learning without engaging in social media. But then you hear things like, you know, 96% of high school students can't tell the difference between a credible news article and one that has sponsored content. And when you recognize that students consume much, if not all, of their news from social media outlets, then you wonder, well, where does that media literacy come in then? If parents aren't engaging in these conversations at home and teachers are not engaging in these conversations at school, where, you know, what's happening here? And, and you know, given so many of the circumstances in which we find ourselves today, I think that we really need to re- re-emphasize what it is or how it is that we're teaching using social media and and how we're looking at media literacy in our classes too. And before we dive deeper into digital leadership, I do want to touch on a little bit on digital citizenship. So for you, like, what is digital citizenship? So for the most part, we define digital citizenship as using technology in responsible ways, um, you know, being appropriate and being safe. And thankfully, some of that has changed since I began this work. But for the most part, we still confine our digital citizenship ideas and lessons around what not to do. Keep your password safe. Um, you know, uh, don't cyber bully, those kinds of things. Um, all very, very important, like I said, um, but certainly important in the context of using some of these skills. And so mostly, unfortunately, our approach has been, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It hasn't been about how are we using this? What are the nuances of this? And how can we, how can we change it for the better? What are the ways a teacher can teach digital citizenship in their classroom? So there are lots of really effective um, resources out there for digital citizenship. Per se. So Common Sense Media has an incredible um, program. And Common Sense Media is great because they've sort of moved away from, not entirely, but they have, they've moved away from the no, don't do this to, um, you know, what are ways in which you can connect with others in positive and meaningful ways. Um, for younger students, uh, Be Internet Awesome by Google is an effective resource as well. Um, again, it focuses very much on, you know, safety safe passwords and, and not cyberbullying, et cetera. Um, but it is, both of those resources are incredible ways to start. Um, but like anything, digital citizenship is not a checklist. Okay, at the beginning of the year, I, you know, I taught this. There you go. Check, right? Um, the, the true impact and power is when you engage in ongoing conversations about how social media impacts the way in which we communicate with others, the way in which we consume our news, the things that we create, um, the, the, the time that we spend. Like certainly an aspect of digital citizenship is... Um, 
you know, that, that balance piece, right? So the time that we spend online, you know, taking a look at that. For example, if a teacher, like, they would use some uh, digital tools in a classroom and when the students are engaging, they can just, like, bring up, oh, by the way, we have to be mindful for our words, etc. right? It's not, and, and then this conversation should, like, keep happening in the classroom. And it's not, like, just, like, one time and... Um, turning off is just like keep reminding our students what are the um, good behaviors um the digital world yes exactly one of the tools that I use um, and I can share it with you to add to your notes is the media triangle and so for me just having you know uh, digital citizenship lessons at the beginning of the year without on an ongoing conversation, as you say, about media literacy. Um, so how are we, how, how is media constructed? And um, in, in what ways can we impact or, or create messages? Um, the, these are really, really, really important. Um, having kids understand that there are, there's the media text, and then there's an audience in terms of how it, people receive it as well as a production value. So, uh, you know, a Snapchat is going to a post is going to be very different from an Instagram post is going to be different from a blog is going to be different than a journal article. So understanding the way media works um, and engaging in these ongoing conversations about how they work and then creating media texts um, for an audience are also really, really important ways that we can start to move away from just those digital citizenship lessons that tell us to be appropriate online. From George Kuros, digital leadership is using the fast reach of technology and social media to improve the life circumstances and well-being of others. And Jennifer, for you, what is digital leadership specifically about? And why do you think we should not only be a digital citizenship, but also digital leadership? So I began with that working definition, and so much of my work in social media is around George Kuros's definition. Um, but more recently, I just finished my master's in curriculum and technology with a focus on social media and education. And I took a deep dive into a program. Um, at the time, it was called the Ontario Educational Student Chat. Now it's called the Global Educational Student Chat. We've morphed it. And I looked at the students within that program. Um, and, and the way it works is we have students who uh, decide on topics. And then they create uh, a monthly topic and a Twitter chat, which alongside of that is a YouTube chat. So these students, student leaders, essentially, are talking about topics that are important to other students. They're using YouTube Live. They're using a whole bunch of other digital tools to create graphics. We co-construct norms of behavior. So one of the, the things that we talk about is how you may disagree with someone's opinion, um, but you don't disagree with the person. So we have to be very careful about how we use um, our words when we're talking to one another. And so in doing this deep dive for my master's project, I started to recognize that the students who were sometimes leaders in person, 
really became leaders in online spaces. Um, and, and what did I see them doing? I saw that they were using their online voices to network um, and participate in and create communities and inspire change. So digital leadership is really the ability to use technology, especially social media, to develop and model a positive digital identity. That's what I saw in the students um, when I was doing my research. And it was amazing to me to see the extent to which um, the, us, teachers, um, but also other students within the leadership team mentor one another. Um, and, and really, really, these students, by the end of even one year of being together in the chat with this ongoing mentorship, were using social media very, very differently. Than, than other students. And so uh, to me, that's the ideal, that we uh, help model um, for students so that they can use social media to develop a positive digital identity, understand audience, um, use their voices for change, use their voices to connect with others. Um, and that 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 study it was it was so powerful because it share, it showed me that I was in I was going in the right direction. So all of the literature review, all of the all of the things that I had researched, really did um, reinvigorate um, the need for this work um, and the importance of a shift for us in education. From your book. You mentioned how to make this transition is by finding a passion and start influencing others to make a positive change. So, could you give us an example how you nurture digital leadership in your own classroom? Well, so I'm a teacher librarian, so I don't have my own classroom per se.、Um, I did teach summer school, and so so many of these ideas,、um, when we talk to students about their online identity, right? What are conversations, having conversations, and explicit lessons around their online identity, modeling for students, even in the clubs and the councils that I、um, that I, I monitor. You know, having student having conversations about what you're creating and what you're putting out there and what impact you want it to have.、Um, you know, these are all really important things that, again, we whenever it's possible in the context of our class or our club or our committee. But also, certainly,、uh, I continue to be an adult mentor for the Global Educational Student Chat, and I feel like that's such an incredible opportunity for students all over the world、um, to. Be able to to jump in on this conversation to see other students in、um, acting as digital leaders to be able to respond in a very different way than what they might be used to、um, because so many of our students use social media for entertainment I would I would argue so many of our adults do too、um, so in continuing to work with the global educational student chat team. I I feel like you know this is a good segue for any student you know、um, K twelve I guess most of our students are from grade four to grade twelve to be able to come in and recognize that there is so much more they could be doing、um, online. Got it. So,、um, Jennifer, if a teacher like come to you and ask that. 
hey, um, I really want to create a lesson plan that cultivate digital leadership. How would you guide them to build this lesson plan? So, as much as I would love to say this, you know, step number one is this. Step number two is this. Step number three is this. I think it's a little bit more complex than that.、Um, I think that what what we need, what you need to do, is you need to talk to students first and foremost about the way in which they use media. Um, and the impact that it has on them, and then secondly, there's a really good、uh, lesson I use with my high school students in the Google Digital Applied Skills,、um, and it talks about their online identity. And so I use that as a basis、um, for talking about your digital footprint and your online identity. And then from there, we talk about what are the ways. How is it that you're using social media right now? Um, and then asking that question: What social media are you on, and what will I learn about you if I go there? And having a sense with students, or having conversations, and then engaging in activities around how could you use your online presence positively for your future. And you'd be amazed when you engage in those conversations、um, in the high school that there are some students who will share: Well, I have a blog. And I have this、uh, website. I have this business because we 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 don't、um, often listen to how students are using media in their own lives. So so I would say it's not it's it's great when with younger students. It's begin a class social media account. Seek out opportunities to connect with parents and other classes,、um, and then to use your social media presence together to engage in questions like, you know, who are the kinds of people that we should follow, and how when people look at our account, what do they, what do we want them to know about us, right? So, so to have an online presence together as a class for younger students, but then as we get older, to Really, sort of re-emphasize how are you using social media? How might you use it for your future? How might you use it to create a positive influence? And really, really engaging in conversations with kids and dialogue. So you're listening,、um, and and but also doing positively, so that they have a mentor. They have they have someone who is doing things that they maybe. Are not used to seeing. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great. So、um, basically, there are three bullet points that I I heard. Like first one is to talk to students how like what's the impact in social media, and the the second one would be what is the digital identity for them, and the third one is how could they use this platform to. Introduce a positive impact, like using blogs or a website for the business, etc. And also, Jennifer, I think there's a keyword about the connects. Like, who for younger student, who should they connect with? Who should they follow? So, in your book, I think there's a chapter talking about connection, which is very interesting. We know, like. Most social medias try to build the connection with people without boundaries. And any tips that a teacher can connect students with meaningful, meaningful projects or people to facilitate digital leadership? 
For sure. So the first um, bit of advice I would offer would be to leverage your own networks. Um, I know on Twitter, I've created a list of international educators. So I want my students who may be from a very homogeneous group, um, you know, they know everyone in their own community. I want those students to connect with other classes in the world who might have a different perspective than them. And so one of the, you know, the Global Read Aloud, I know this is the last year for the Global Read Aloud, but you actually don't even need a Global Read Aloud. You just need to be able to connect with, leverage your own network to connect with another grade two teacher somewhere in the world and say, hey, would you be willing to read this story? And could we, our two classes, talk about it? You know, and maybe the connection begins on social media, um, you know, because it's uh, one of your own connections, but then you could take it to Flipgrid or you could take it to Google Docs, you know, and then bring it back to social media. So students also recognize that social media has a place, um, but that sometimes ongoing conversations need to happen in different platforms, right? That's an important lesson for kids. And, And another lesson that comes through for that is that you could use social media to connect with people and ideas that are different than your own, um, because I think that's really important in our world today. The other thing I would suggest, um, so that was first, to leverage your own connections um, in order to to meet people from other places. Um, And using uh, my Twitter list is a great idea. Um, Adam Hill, the uh, person, he's a teacher from Singapore with whom I facilitated an empowered digital leaders course. Um, We're starting a new cohort in the fall at the end of October. But one of the things he did was he created a list of his student questions. They were engaging in an inquiry. And so he just created a spreadsheet and the student, I want to learn more about, and then the student filled out what they wanted to learn more about. And then he had a column for anyone online, again, leveraging his own um, social media network, who had expertise in that area to be able to help mentor that student because we are kidding ourselves if we think that we're the only experts, right? So to show students that you could use social media to connect with experts around the world, such a powerful thing. Um, so so you, you leverage connections in your in-person communities, but also in your online communities and directly respond to what the students are thinking about. Um, the Digital Human Library is another really great place to uh, find experts to connect with. Um, that's something that my friend Lee Castle created uh, many years ago that I do highlight in social media. But it's just being creative about how we can use um, social media platforms to reach out to experts. Certainly with COVID, I was amazed at the the number of artists, the number of museums and zoos and like you name it that started to um, create programs, virtual programs for us to learn, right? Connecting with some of those, uh, you know, those communities, those organizations so that you could bring them into the classroom and then students can see, oh my goodness, like Facebook Live is a, a tool that's being used by, you know, the Children's Museum and I've, I'm learning so much. The aquarium, um, I can't remember the name of the aquarium. Oh, 
but they had a program regularly. I don't know if they still do that anymore, where they were teaching us about sharks and jellyfish. Um, so, so just being open to the fact that learning doesn't necessarily need to come from our textbooks, but that there is a whole world of learning out there that we just need to seek out. And social media is, is one way in which we can connect our students to that learning. a lot around mentoring students when after we connect with some experts and or influential people so I'm curious is like how do we how do they how do these people mentor the student are you folks like working with them for the mentorship program or or it just like uh, when they follow it's kind of the mentorship is happening there organically well i think of um so with global ed student chat we're actually we meet monthly with these students so we're 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 engaged in you know what should we do what should our questions be like um you know how would someone interpret this right so that's our role that's my role as an adult mentor in global ed student chat but as a teacher um, I am mentor. Like if you look at Albert Bandura's uh, theory of observational leadership, students uh, pay attention to role models. So again, if they see their teacher, you know, always picking up their phone and being online or, you know, interrupting everything in order to take a picture to put on their Twitter account, that sends, a, a, you know, a, a very interesting message to kids. Whereas if they see their teacher saying, we only check our class social media account once uh, in a while, or it's Friday, let's reach out to someone and make a positive difference, uh, you know, send out a quotation, you know, we, we we do this weekly. Um, one of the things that I found fascinating when I was starting to look at um, teachers who had class accounts, and in particular, one of my former students, Robert Canone, who I mentioned in the book quite a bit, um, his mentorship, so they have a class account, their students are engaged in communities, so they have a public relations committee. He's not in the classroom anymore now, unfortunately, but he had a classroom uh, community, he had a public relations committee, rather, who created the class blog um, and who posted to social media. It was fascinating, and it was a grade six class. When those students were 13 and creating their own accounts, those accounts very much resembled what they had seen Mr. Canone do with his own account, right? So we cannot underestimate the power that we have to impact our students. And that's just frightening. And, you know, in some ways it's so, you know, um, uh, you know, my, the, the impact that we have as teachers can sometimes feel like an incredible responsibility, but it's true, right? Our students watch what we do. Um, and they, they learn so much from us, not just in terms of the content we teach, but the things that we, that, that, that we, the things that we help them experience and the, the actions that we take in our classroom. So I would argue that we're all, we can all be media mentors for our students, um, depending on how we approach the topic of social media and education. 
Great. So, dear every teachers around the world, you are the role models for your students. So, I think we got lots of great、um, advice, tips from Jennifer, and that's go to our random questions part. So, what are the one or two books that have influenced your thinking a lot in the past few years? So, with regards to this topic in particular, I would say、uh, "Participatory Culture in a Networked Era" by Henry Jenkins、um, and Dana Boyd and Ito,、um, and it's complicated by Dana Boyd.、Um, but more recently, I've been thinking a lot about how sometimes social media could be almost an echo chamber, right? So, depending on who you follow, you have the same ideas,、um, you know, the same news stories. You think that everyone in the world has the same、uh, ideas that you do. And so, I've been、uh, reading a book called Blind Spot: A Good Intent. Uh, blind spot, the implicit bias of good people, and it has really made me think about how we can use social media to interrupt our perspective too,、um, to make sure that we aren't always in that sort of filter bubble, and how sometimes when we consume media, it is with a bias,、um, and 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 understanding that bias and looking at a variety of different perspectives is really important. So that that is one book that's more recently. Um, been really making me think about the way in which I interact on my social media channels. That's pretty interesting. So, if you have a superwoman power to change one thing in the education system in Canada, what would it be? I wish I could sort of take a magic wand and、um, <laughs> and and and、um, help. Educators to move away from teaching content and more、uh, move towards teaching students and understanding the way in which our world today is impacting so many things. So I just I just feel like sometimes we're so bound by. Tradition and our quote-unquote curriculum that we don't take a step back to really think flexibly about、um, what we're teaching and how we're teaching it, and and I know there are so many obstacles. There's time. There's、um, you know the the restrictions that we feel like are that are placed on us. But if I had a magic wand, I would just say you know let's let's get rid of all that traditional stuff and let's really rethink.、Um, The, what it is that we're teaching and how we're teaching it, so that when our students graduate, they they're better equipped to deal with the world in, into which they're graduating. Yeah, that's great. I think lots of like teachers sometimes would be really constrained by the standardized tasks, and it's it's it takes time and really hard to change this paradigm. So. Jennifer, do before we close up, do you have any other thoughts, workshop programs you want to share with our listeners? Um, sure, <laughs> I、uh, I'm can I can I <laughs> at risk of、uh, sounding like an advertisement here.、Um, I have two books coming out. One is co-authored with Lee Castle, who was the founder of Digital、uh, Human Library, and it's.、Um, Illustrated by a former student,、uh, Sahar Fermar, and it's a book called Aubrey Bright: Stories That Connect Us. It's a children's book, 
and it's published by EduMatch. And it's an intergenerational story of a young girl and her relationship with her grandmother and really taking a look at technology and how it connects us. So very much in line with this conversation. Um, and I also have a companion book to Social Media, Raising Digital Leaders, which is is um, is going to be for parents that that parent uh, gap that we sometimes see um, and, and how do we promote digital leadership, um, you know, from that point of view, from that perspective of a parent. I also would invite you to check out Global Ed Student Chat. So it's Global EDSS Chat um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on our website, globaledstudentchat.com, because I really, really passionately believe that when students start to see something different, um, they will start to behave differently. And it's a great opportunity for your kids to meet other students in the world who are talking about the same things that they are. Amazing. I will make sure all the things are put into our show notes. So if people want to learn more about your work, how can they find you online? My, uh, I blog at jcasatod.com and you can find me on Twitter at at jcasatod. And certainly through my blog, if you wanted to contact me uh, for further information to have me come out and speak or just because you have a question, um, there's a contact form on jcasatod.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Jennifer, for joining us today it's a pleasure talking with you and learn so much from you it has been my honor and pleasure thank you thank you for listening we will put the things mentioned in the interview to the show notes if you enjoy our show welcome to share and don't forget to subscribe thank you